Pope Francis is in Canada today for the ritual of smudging. And we're going to learn what smudging is today. Doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound Catholic. I don't want to get smudged or do smudge. Kind of sounds like drugs or something. I don't know. We're going to find out about it today. I've got my friend, Kennedy Hall. He is the author of Lockdown with the Devil. It's a great book. I've, I've read it and I encourage everybody to get it. You can see the link in the show notes below. Kennedy Hall, welcome. What, what's smudging and why is Pope Francis in Canada? Well, he's here ostensibly on a trip to um, apologize for uh, the ill dealings with native Canadians by some Catholic clergymen, which were legitimate. There's, you know, they were legitimate. I mean, it's the expression, you, you know, so-and-so wrote the book on it. You literally wrote the book on on infiltration in the church. So, yes, there were bad priests that did bad things in all places in the world. And some of that did take place, sadly, to native children. Perhaps as we go on, we can talk about what the residential school system was, because that's actually really important Um it gets blamed on the church, but particularly for what's happening right now, it's sort of this, I think they've called it the article that I sent you um, in uh, in the chat, at the pilgrimage of penance or something like this. Mm-hmm. So there's been a big push to have Pope Francis come and apologize for the um, sins of some priests and nuns from the past. Okay, fair enough. No problem there. Um, Although Benedict already did apologize, but that's neither here nor there. Um, But last year with the church burnings, which were based on mass graves that didn't exist, they actually found out that they were community cemeteries. So figure that out. I guess there's mass graves in my town, too. There's a bunch of people buried there. Um, But that sort of sparked the outrage. Okay, And it was all fueled by Justin Trudeau's comments and things. And so basically the Pope's come to Canada. He is in Edmonton today. And he's going to be at a, um, this is on his itinerary, by the way. So if he doesn't go through with it, blame the itinerary. So far, this is the plan. And he's going to be going through um, a smudging ceremony uh, that's going to begin uh, just before the Mass at the Sacred Heart Parish in Edmonton, which is a uh, native parish. So it's sort of kind of like you have a Polish parish, you know, whatever. This is the native parish. I don't think they use native languages there, but it's just culturally their parish, I guess. And um, and the smudging ceremony is basically kind of an old pagan ceremony of incensing. Uh, nothing wrong with incense, but the problem with smudging is that they basically burn sweet grasses and sage, and they use feathers and sort of waft it around, and it's supposed to purify the space. Oh, yeah, I did a show on that already. There's a guy, I think it was in like L.A. or New Mexico, and he had this feather, and yes. he was doing it to the four... Uh, orientations on the, the compass north east south west yeah he was doing this yeah feather so that's smudging well yeah so there's nothing wrong so this is the thing that this is why okay so pope francis isn't technically doing it he's sitting like there at the beginning of the church while they do it it's kind of like before whoa the, whoa whoa, I, whoa whoa kennedy it's going to yeah. be in church during the in, liturgy it's going to be as the, in the walk-in. I don't know what you call that in the Novus Ordo. Like, it's been so long since I attended one. Well, it's the but like, Yeah, but at the beginning when, like, they come, it's like instead of liturgical dancers or or whatever, they're going to have... I think it's called getting your groove on. <laughs> okay, so they're going to get their groove on. Um, they're going to uh, process. So an elder is going to process the smudging ceremony down the aisle towards the table, altar, um, and then the mass will start. So, the, you know, it's classic, um, 
It's classic legalistic. We're not technically breaking the rules, spirit of Vatican II stuff where, no, it's not taking place like during the consecration, uh, but it is happening in the church as part of the liturgical setting. Um, the idea of uh, praying to the four directions, I guess, is probably not technically uncatholic. Like, I mean, you know, you could, I don't know, you could do that, whatever. You're praying, praying to four directions to bless the land or something. I don't know. Um, that's not the issue. Nice dog. Thanks. But um, this is Daisy. Daisy. She nice. and her brother are like yapping at each other. So she's going to be on the show here. <laughs> my dog's too big for my lap. He would, uh, <laughs> he's like 80 pounds. But, um, but the smudging thing is 100% pagan. And here's, here's how you know that it's pagan. For one, it's superstitious. Okay. There is nothing about uh, sage grasses that purify any spiritual energy or whatever. That's not a thing. Okay. Um, Can I just interject here? In the traditional yeah. Latin mass, the priest exercises and blesses the incense. Like it's a sacramental. Right. Yeah. But that's also traditional formulations that are ancient that go back to literally the, the old covenant the as far as the, the type covenant. Yeah. Yeah. Also they're exercised. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it follows the rituale. So, I mean, this is the thing. I don't know. Is it possible that like you could have your, like we have blessed candles. You, I think you can bless a scented candle. May, like I'm just spitballing here. Maybe. Yeah. You can bless a scented candle. Yeah. Sure. So maybe you could have like, like the, the thing is this blurs the lines of cultural and religious. So right. it's incense. So yes, I'm sure you could light some sweet grass like as a native cultural thing. I mean, that's probably not an issue. Just like, you know, we have essential oils or whatever and it makes the house smell nice. It's like if you're like a white suburban lady, you have essential oils. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you got your uh, Young Living, uh, you know, Harmony blend or something. Right. Um, you could or do if you're that, like okay? us, you know, you have a light a cigar. Yeah, well, the whole body. But the is problem is, I mean, Kennedy, let's just make it up. Look, look, if the Pope comes and he's like, hey, I want to hang out with the Taylor Marshall Kennedy Hall culture, we're not going <laughs> to suggest to the nuncio, well, here's how it's going to happen. Kennedy's yeah. going to have this big pipe. All right. He's going to have this Virginia tobacco blend. I am going to have a uh, Cohiba or, you know, Padron or something like that. And I'm going to, we're going to be coming in. <laughs> And Kennedy's going to be blowing on his pipe like Gandalf. And, you know, I'm going to be doing the Winston Churchill thing. And uh, that's going to be the entrance because that's what we like to do and what we like to burn. The reason they're doing it yeah. is it's indigenous ritual. Yeah. Which points to paganism is my concern. Yeah. Well, it does. And I'll pull up something here. Dude, quick. We should do a cigar. Uh, liturgical dance entrance <laughs> oh goodness gracious uh -huh. well if there was ever if there was ever going to be a liturgical dance maybe it should be with a no, cigar it's like, but no then like you have like uh your favorite canadian whiskey or scotch whiskey or sort of like yeah coming in it's our yeah, culture it's our culture it's our culture um i'm trying to find this article here it was uh linked in one of the uh life site ones um but anyway which witchcraft they use smudging okay like this is the thing you know how some you know you can tell when something is a you can tell when something is a superstition or or not by who uses it like the witches are not using rosaries the witches are not <laughs> for bad things they are 
well, for bad things, but they're not saying, you know, we're just going to adopt like uh, we're going to chant the office right. as part of our of our witch circles, you know, but they are doing smudging and they are doing yoga and they are doing crystal stuff and whatever. And the, the main problem with all of these things, again, matter is a good thing, but the problem is that uh, it's superstitious. They're believing that grasses on their own. Again, you could bless things. Sure. I, our, our priest actually blessed my dog. There's like an animal blessing. Oh, you hear but that, Daisy? Dog... You want to get blessed? Yeah. Yeah, she's wagging her tail. She wants to do that. But my dog's not a sacramental. Okay. Right. So, like, even if you could We should bless talk about Satan. why their dogs go to heaven. Yeah, that's a good People way. People go I'm... crazy. Do you believe there are animals in heaven? I don't, I don't believe they go to heaven, but do you believe no, that? No, I believe to... that there are. I believe the entire creation is reconstituted. Because in the That's book, right. in the Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation, it uses the word "kainos," not "neo." Like "neo's," you know, new, brand new. Right. This other Greek word means to renew, to right. new and improved. So I think the entire uh, created order will be renewed. But whether it's the actual Daisy who will receive a resurrection of the body, I find that highly suspect. Yeah, it's one of those things where, in theory, God can do things, I guess, but uh, sure. but like it doesn't fit with the um, theology of the soul. They don't have a human soul. Yeah, so. I mean the, the the comeback on that is is Balaam's ass, and I yes, and I'm talking about ass as in a donkey, not his anatomy. But Balaam's ass spoke to him and rebuked him. Yeah, for real. Yep, um, because the angel was in the road. It's a very interesting story. It's in either Numbers or Deuteronomy. I think it's in Numbers. Yep. So if that's the case, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But um, this idea that all dogs go to heaven, it's not true. My dog. Uh, <laughs> right. He doesn't listen. There's some bad dogs out there. Yeah, there are some bad dogs out there. Hey, real I quick, just I just want to ask everybody to, yeah. you know what to do. Give this video the like. That's the thumbs up. Do it now. Do it for Kennedy. There's, uh, yeah, we need at least half of you to like. There's 557 live right now and only 128 likes. Mm, that's bad. That's not good, is it, Kennedy? They gotta no, it's that not. Up. They got to share this on Twitter, Facebook, and of course, if you're new, you need to hit the subscription button. And it's also a reminder to go ahead and subscribe over at Kennedy's channel, which is called Kennedy, the Kennedy Report. Can't forget you that. You can find that. On Everybody YouTube. go to Kennedy Report. Maybe somebody can link it in the live chat. That'd be great. So people can subscribe um, over there. Okay, so I'm pulling up smudging. I sent you something in the chat. You did? Yeah. In, it's uh, Wiccan. In, it's, uh, it's Wiccan's doing smudging. Okay, I'm pulling it up here. Did you send it on, uh, oh, here? In uh, Skype. Oh, yeah, look at that. Are there any photos? Uh, Just the, the one. Oh, yeah, old, sure enough. Yeah. Oh, I got to put this on the screen. Yeah, it even has a video. Oh, this is kind I don't want people to go to the site because it's... It's like a how-to site. Yeah. Yeah. And so you definitely wouldn't want your kids to ever go here. Yeah. But check it out on the screen. How to perform a Wiccan smudging ceremony. Smudging ceremony is used for cleansing, purifying, and blessing the area around your altar and sacred space mm -hmm. or for your ritual tools. If you wish, you can also smudge people, animals, and your entire home and vehicle and when they say altar here, they're not talking about a traditional Latin mass at Orientum altar, are they, Kennedy? No, no, some sort of uh, table with stuff on it. Yeah, they're talking about worshiping demons. So, yeah, I don't like that. And so this is what the Pope is allegedly doing today? 
This is what is happening in his presence. In his presence. Bef- He's not uh, doing before, it. Thank you for yeah. Yeah. But, the, you know, the same thing happened to John Paul II, I think, more than once. Um, this and there's is that picture of Ben the 16th where he's getting, like, anointed on the head by an uh, indigenous warlock. Yeah, it's it's a real travesty. Um, like, maybe we can go into the history of sort of natives and Catholicism in Canada because... Please do. What's really sad about this is the history of Canadian Catholicism is actually quite wonderful and glorious, um, and especially with native people. Um, there's a man named Louis Riel who was a Métis. So Métis, the Métis tribe is, is like, it's, it's a, it's a French word for mestizo. So it just means mixed. Yeah. But they're a, they're a recognized tribe in Canada. Most of them are French Canadian, although there are some Scottish Métis. So about 95% historically have been. I bet those guys are cool. They're like Braveheart with, uh, yeah, but uh, love that. So Louis Riel, he um, was a hero and actually led like a rebellion, like a just rebellion, um, and almost won. And with devout Catholic, like super, super devout, uh, there were there were actually there was a, a looked into a cause for his canonization because of his virtue. And um, you know, just like with African, I just sent you something. Yeah, I see that. That's you right. See that? So here's what that's, I just sent Kennedy, everybody. This is kind of that's bummer. the Aborigines. Yeah, this is uh, Australia. That's Australia. That's Benedict the Sixteenth getting anointed by some sh- uh, pagan shaman. Yeah, uh, not a fan that uh, Vicar of Christ would get anointed by a pagan shaman. Are you? Uh, no. Not in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, when things like that would happen, the ground would swallow people. Yeah, that's or you. Best case scenario, you'd get stoned. Yeah. And I don't mean smudging or anything. <laughs> Not the Trudeau way. Stoned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, it's really sad because um, Canadian, the term, when I was growing up, the term was Indian and then it was native and then it was Aboriginal and then it was indigenous and now it's First Nations. I just say native. That's the term that I grew up using. So the native, the history of natives in Canada with Catholicism is actually quite rich and amazing. But here's the problem. The government... Like they ruin a lot of things. Um, there was a system called the uh, residential school system. And that's ostensibly why Pope Francis is here. So in the States, you guys have a similar thing. I believe they were just called like Indian boarding schools or something. Um, Archbishop Chaput's grandparents actually went to them. And uh, they actually talked about them quite swimmingly. But what happened here was in, I believe it was 1894. It was near the turn of the century. It was a liberals, of course. And um, they mandated, they love to mandate stuff, those liberals. They mandated that you had to go to one of these schools if you were a native child. Now, here's the problem. Uh, the, the biggest educator in Canada was always the Catholic Church. Of course, before public schooling, there are some of the only people doing it. Yep. So they ran the vast majority of the country's boarding schools. So they faced a dilemma. All of the children were going to be required to go to a school that was under the umbrella of the residential schools. The point of the residential schools was to assimilate. Now, assimilation is a bad word for a lot of people. Assimilation happens naturally. It was normal that kids, because there's like, there's like, you know, 200 native languages or probably more, but 
There's a lot of them. And they didn't have an alphabet, many of them and things, until actually the Catholic missionaries made them their alphabets so they could write down hymns. And there's the uh, the, the uh, Huron Carol, which was written by the French Jesuits, for example. Um, more proof of the love that the Catholics and natives had for each other in those early days. Um, in any case, so they would go to the schools and they would learn French or English because those are the official languages. That's what you have. Like you can't go to university. You can't get ahead in life if you don't speak a language, you know. But the unit, but the government basically mandated participation. So they actually enacted a process of they would go to the homes and they would take the children away, mm. even if the parents didn't want them to go. That's wrong. That goes against that parental rights, parental rights. So, but here's the problem. The Catholic schools already ran the majority of boarding schools, but they faced a dilemma. If they did not participate in the residential school program, then it was possible and probable that they would actually take away the students from their schools and put them in government-run residential schools. Uh, they so had it's a catch-22. It is. But it's not like it's wrong, so they're forcing children out of their nuclear families, mm -hmm. putting them in this Catholic school where they'll likely be evangelized, baptized, and become Catholic. Good. But if they say, we're not participating in the system, then they're going to go into a secular institution. Or Protestant. Or Protestant. They were all religious in some way. There was no uh, – the Canadian Constitution, uh, the original British North America Act, had public schools, which meant private or Protestant, and Catholic schools. Anyway, okay. They were all God-centered God in some way, Church of England or something like that. Right. But um, the problem is, though, is that um, the reception of the residential schools is completely is – is perfectly mixed. So – there was a commission that took place in, uh, I believe, 2008 to 2015, something like that. It was under Prime Minister Harper. And um, it was this massive commission, just like a truth. It was called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. It was actually a good idea. It was like, it's got the truth and then we'll reconcile. And it was mixed. It was some people said the residential schools was like the greatest thing that ever happened to them. You know, they're like, I was right. living in a place where like stories of, you know, my dad was a trapper. My mom died. So between the in the in the warm months, or they go trapping in the uh, which month? I go they go trapping in the months where he'd go trapping. Like we basically were left alone for like mm. weeks at a time with my wow. twelve year old sister taking care of us. There was nothing else they could do. It was like abject poverty. So when they found out they were going to go to these schools, which they couldn't pay for, and they were going to be free, and they could learn English and get an education, and and they were Catholics, so they could save their soul. They were happy about that. Right. They were like, sweet, let's do it. But then over uh, the schools were mandated for about 60 years till about 1950 or so. Um, obviously, in some cases, abuse took place. That's just a sad fact that happened in all places around the world. And are we talking about sexual abuse here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, boarding. OK, so I'm a big fan of boarding schools in theory, but obviously if they're run poorly, there can be problems. I mean, right. Lord of the Flies is a book is a popular book for a reason. I mean, even kids can can do bad things to other kids. Now, but a lot of the claims, though, about the residential school system, and I, before I continue, no one mis no one confused me trying to tell the truth about it as explaining away any abuse that happened. Yes. You know, Taylor and I have talked about this on, on text before. Like, what I think about priests who commit abuse is expletive, expletive, expletive. Yeah, like, death penalty. I, that's, like, barely enough. Yeah. I can't even say it on air, right, right what I right. think should happen. And, and I just realized I need to interject something in here, Kennedy, sure. because we're assuming our audience, which is international, knows this backstory. I know it somewhat because yeah. I'm in America and Canadians all know about it, but I, some cultures may not. Correct me if I'm wrong, but 
what was this around the time of covid they unearthed all these graves where allegedly priests and nuns were just casting dead native american children into these graves. they would they were abusing them sexually and just throwing them in the pits and it was this major outcry mm-hmm. and you're saying that there was sexual abuse in boarding schools mm-hmm. um but the way that it was presented to the public was exaggerated is that correct yeah so in summer of 2021 so trudeau he loves to import problems from the south so-called to canada Hmm. we don't uh we don't have a black lives matter movement so he made one up um and uh did use the natives for it instead just classic marxism right so there was a student who uh she was like doing ground penetrating radar or something. And she found a bunch of um, aberrations in the soil on land that was on a, on a traditionally native owned property. And they were all, anyway, what she found was a graveyard, but there were no markers for the graves. And there's a whole backstory to this, but this quickly became unmass. So it quickly became unmarked graves on former residential school site catholic residential school catholic yeah yes now here's the thing you know this our viewers know this catholic schools even today like i live in a little village where there's like the novus ordo church the novus ordo school and the cemetery okay that's normal like you have school you have church you have cemetery that's whether it's residential school or not again Many of these schools were already in use before and after the residential school program. They were just boarding schools erected in 1850, and then they were closed in 1978. And for a 50-year period, they happened to be getting government funding as part of the residential school program. So they were already Catholic properties. Many of them were in Native areas and served Native communities. One of the places that this was, quote-unquote, a mass grave was actually a place that (laughs) the place existed about 40 or 50 years before residential schools were a thing and functioned as a community cemetery for everyone who was part of the parish. It's just a cemetery. Like literally, they just found cemeteries. And the reason they don't have grave markers, a bunch of reasons. One, it's traditional for some reason within native Canadian Catholicism to use wooden crosses. That's just a thing they like to do. Um, and to be honest, I think that was common in a lot of Canada. I say, I, I'm pretty sure that's traditional Catholicism. Not every peasant in Europe could afford, afford yeah. a marble slab over their tomb. That's right. I guess I'm just comparing it to today. So it was wooden right. crosses, um, and especially in the frontier parts of Canada, right? Like they're you know, not getting a lot of stone in certain parts. So eventually, though, the churches sold the properties to the native reserves. So now those properties are not even owned by the church, but they're actually owned by native chiefs. And the chiefs are very corrupt in so many places in Canada. It's just like you hear with casino stuff in the States. It's very sad. So they've never replaced their crosses. They And this is the thing about that commission I told you about. This is what was so frustrating about this, is this commission already unearthed all this information. They literally have the documents like on such and such a date, they took down all the rotting crosses <laughs> and then like so-and-so in charge has never put new ones up. And we don't even know if they're white or native. It doesn't even matter. We don't even know. Anyway, this became uh, like I have family members 
who I'm convinced believed that the Catholic Church pulled an Auschwitz or something and like threw dead bodies in a hole in the ground. It never happened. This is not to explain away bad stuff that did happen. But there's a big difference between over 150 years, you know, some really sad things happened compared to the Catholic Church in Canada was part of a massive murder cover-up story where nuns were chucking dead bodies into holes like a horror movie. They're, you know, but that that came out last year. About 12 Catholic churches were burned to the ground, many of them native. Another funny story, the church that Pope Francis is going to be at in a couple hours, uh, about 10 years ago, I think it was about 10 years ago, might have been, it was 2003 or 2013, I can't remember. They, the church almost burned down from a smudging ceremony. Things caught fire. What? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a $500,000 insurance claim to fix it. Anyway, so... So just real uh, yeah. quick, is is Francis here, or there in Canada, he's making an apology, right? He's, he already has. Yes. In some ways, yeah. Is, it, is he admitting that Trudeau's narrative is legitimate and apologizing for that? That hasn't come out yet. So we Fair don't enough. know because I don't know if they've had their like public press conference meeting yet or something like that. He just got here last night or yesterday afternoon. Um, I don't know if Pope Francis used a non-fossil fuel plane. I wonder how many emissions they used to get over here. It was not very laudato see of him. But um, but yeah, so it's a cross culture. I think they're actually having a uh, – they're ending with a um, – uh, pilgrimage to Saint Anne de Beaupre, where there's actually a piece of Saint Anne, the mother of the mother of the mother of God's arm, is actually there. Um, it's an it's amazing relic in uh, Quebec, but uh, it remains to be seen. Pope Francis is he's tricky with those things. Like we know he can be a leftist, but being the Peronist that he is, he's the kind of guy who will, on the one hand, you know, give Jimmy Martin the attaboy. And then on the next moment, be like, yeah, transgender ideology is diabolical. What's up now? Like, it just, he does those things. So I have no, like, I would, who knows what he's going to say, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if on the one hand, he basically, not technically, just like he didn't technically do Pachamama. He just sat there and watched it in front of him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he not technically participates in this pagan thing. And then the next breath says, you know. Let us pray to the Canadian martyrs that they re-evangelize this land or something like that. Like he's all over the place with things. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And and you said the word Peronist. And yeah. maybe you should, ex we've talked about it before, but could you explain that to the audience, what you mean by that? Yeah. So Peron, he was the leader of Argentina. Um, it's a duplicitous way of governing. So... It's where you speak out of both sides of your mouth. It's like Hegelian kind of dialectic of right wing, left wing. You try to appease the left wingers by giving them something collectivist. And then you try to appease the right wingers by giving them something individualist or something like that. And basically you become enough of an ally to both sides that you become indispensable through mechanisms of power in order to maintain their trust. So Francis has demonstrated that, for example, the leftist stuff is easy to see. But then on the flip side, he's also been really nice to the SSPX, uh, which has made the traditionalists happy. Now he's made the leftists happy again with the suppression of the traditional Latin mass, but still gives the SSPX freedom. So this is a very Peronist way. Like it's kind of like, you know, his ideology, but for some reason he plays both sides. Um, 
so I would imagine things like that will probably take place here. Right. Yeah. Right. And with the smudging, there's deniability worked into it. Well, the Pope right. himself didn't do the pagan smudging. He, yeah. like with the Pachamama, he sat there while everyone got on their hands and knees and worshipped and said the prayers and planted the tree and processed the Pachamama. But he himself did not get on his knees. Yeah, we're so desensitized that, you know, um, can you imagine uh, in like the early church where the Pope would, uh, it's like, I'm not going to pinch incense to Caesar. Right. But they're just going to, it's a Roman tradition. Indigenous. <laughs> it's their, na that's another thing that bugs me. Like everyone is native, by the way. Right. Like you're, I mean, my mom's in the, uh, uh, she was probably Etruscan. She's, she's Italian born from Tuscany. I guess I'm like a, a descendant of indigenous Europeans. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to pinch incense to Caesar, but I'm going to watch the Romans do their cultural tradition right. before mass starts. Right. It's an abomination. Plain and simple. I mean, you've probably, I don't know if they do it in Canada, but here in Texas on December 12th, Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe, all over Novus Ordo parishes, they have men who are dressed in Aztec clothing, which usually doesn't include a shirt, um, yeah. and headdresses and drums, and they do big drum circles and processions and all that. And I've always said, well, why can't I, as a Scotch-Irish person, why can't we dress up like Druids on St. Patrick's Day? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Or the as church, a Texan, yeah. I want to wear spurs and boots and ride a horse in oh. and shoot my pistoles in the sky. Yeah, check the public health. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, you know, uh, this term enculturation is so maddening. The, the, the Catholic Church clearly, quote-unquote, enculturates things because it's like saying i think it was saint basil the great you know he he was asked uh i'm paraphrasing but essentially you know what do we do with the myths you know the greek stories right and you just you take what is good and you leave what is bad uh you know we read aristotle and we we reject his uh errors on on um let's say theology where he talks about like an eternal universe and things but we accept the fact that he was a great natural law thinker and, you know, second to none in that regard. Um, so, you know, there, again, there is a native enculturation that's taken place in Canadian Catholicism. You will find, just like you find in Denmark, you'll find old Catholic church that looks Viking. I was about to say, there's indigenous architecture yeah. all throughout Europe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. But, but even here, like you find, I mean... There are certain types of buildings that made sense to be built because of things like the way the snow and stuff would fall and melt in parts of Canada. So they would build the structure that was proper for the place and then just have like the inside was still cruciform and a cross on it. You can do things like that. Like that's absolutely, you know, you can even have, um, uh, you know, like, like in, in personal devotions, you know, like you go around the world and you might have like different things different uh tonalities and how you sing yeah. certain hymns that you like we sing the salve regina in the european way you know maybe maybe in different places they sing a marian hymn with a different musical style because that's kind of the musical style that's that's totally natural yeah, like syriac style yeah 
Greek style. Lots of different styles. Fine. Yeah. Like Spanish Catholicism is very unique. It is. To me, I mean, when I was in Spain traveling around going to Spanish churches, I was like, this is Catholic. Mm -hmm. But their piety, their devotion, their expression is a little foreign to me. It's very Middle Eastern oriented. It's, yeah. It's uh, Mozarabic, right? Is yeah. That what I mean, it was? It's, and even just the the focus on the passion yes. and the suffering of our Lord, it's amplified in that tradition. It's totally mm -hmm. legit. I'm not criticizing, yeah. and it's fine. That's the way they're expressing and understanding the truth of the one true faith. And that, mm -hmm. and we're saying that's fine. And I expect Native Americans are going to have their own expression. And you know, historically, they, they're, they're hugely devoted to the Mother of God. So... Um, because, you know, Catholicism is it's kind of like, you know, uh, St. Paul says you can be all things to all men, right? Like Catholicism can be all things to all peoples. There's there's so many uh, there's so many, um, you know, like petals on the flower or something like that, that everyone can or leaves on the tree. Because obviously within uh, the traditional indigenous cultures in Canada, there was a massive uh, emphasis on. The fatherhood of the creator, the great father, the great spirit. Okay, that's reconciled. But also on the uh, feminine receptivity of creation, which is totally legit. You know, Maximus, the confessor, talks about this. It can get a little dicey when you start yep. taking it in like the Teilhard de Chardin direction. Right. But he, he perverts something that's good as all heretics do. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so the remedy to that was it's not Mother Nature. It's the mother of God, you know. And that's totally – it's just similar to, to how – is yeah. the apex and the highest point of creation. creation. That's right. You take everything in creation, the planet Mars, Saturn, Milky Way, Grand Canyon, angels, put everything in this one folder. What is the best thing, best person, best creation in the folder? The mother of God. That's right. She's the summit, the apex, the height of God's creation. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are creator. They're not in that package. Protestants That's don't right. understand that. Once you explain that to them, they're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember listening once. Uh, it's like, you know, they don't have Siberia in Canada. We have the Northwest Territories. So they send the really good bishops to the Northwest Territories. And uh, one of the best bishops, I can't remember his name. It was a long time ago. It was one of my first year teaching. Uh, his diocese is the Northwest Territories in the Yukon. That's like nine texases right it's so big up there and that's it's the huge. name of the diocese yeah it's like die it's the diocese yeah you look it up i mean it's like right. diocese of northwest territories in nunavut or northwest territories in yukon or something like that my province ontario is three times the size of texas geographically um we have one third the population but the size and uh northwest territories is bigger than ontario so figure that out right um in any case he was, he did a speech at our, the school I was teaching at. It was wonderful. Again, he's one of the only conservative bishops. They throw him in Siberia. And one of the students asked him <clears throat> about, uh, it was a classic social justice warrior question, you know, how do, and the, the, the kid got applause for it, right? How do we like spread Christianity, but like not take away their culture? And he just straight up and he was like, that's not how it works. Uh, their culture up there, historically, uh, they have a lot of like medicine men who practice black magic. So they embrace Catholicism, a way of like not worshiping demons. <laughs> he just like said it to the school. It was the most amazing answer ever. But then he also went on to say, um, 
they love the they have such a devotion to the rosary mm. that they'll be at um like these prayer meetings where the bishop will be there you know he'll he'll travel like literally across half the country to go to one of his parishes and uh He's like, guys, we got to move it along. Like, I got to leave. But we've been, like, this 15 minute like rosary is now like an hour and a half, and we're just like still singing hymns, and like it was just great. But the point is, they have a real deep, true Catholic, very unique indigenous Catholic piety, which you find all over the world. And in Canada, uh, the natives historically have a deep, a deep uh, relationship to, to Mary. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. It is great. Yeah. That's something that people have a really. Well, you see it within the LMNLP community. It's like, well, I disagree with the way that you articulate gender, sexuality, marriage. And then the answer is, why do you hate me? <clears throat> why do you want me to die? Why do you want me to go into yeah. concentration? Camp? Like, No, you're not understanding me. I disagree with the way you articulate gender, marriage, sexuality. Like, why do you hate me? It's the same kind of thing. Like, You can go to a culture, whether it's the ancient Goths, mm -hmm. the... Etruscans, the mm -hmm. Syrians, the North African tribes, you can evangelize them and you can say these things right here are based on cultic practices that are superstitious, pagan and demonic. They must be eradicated from your culture. But then there can be all other kinds of things, including architecture, music, art that can be incorporated into Catholicism. And what happens is, is you their culture becomes their culture baptized, their culture yes. Christianized. And that actually is what produces civilization, hospitals, yep. universities, orphanages, museums, all the things that we benefit in our societies is the influx of Christ. You don't even say Christianity of Christ into these cultures. Mm -hmm. elevating and supernaturalizing the good things that are there and exercising and removing that which is demonic and evil. Yeah. It's, again, you know, people don't understand just how much the Catholic Church in Canada deeply historically has served the native Canadians. And, I mean, there's places out west where, like, basically priests and bishops built literally the province. It's crazy. Um but think of the Canadian martyrs. And I have to just get on my Canadian soapbox here for a second. I know in upstate New York, they call them the American martyrs. But there's an actual inaccuracy there, and here's why. It's not actually because they're from Canada geographically. It's because French settlers in Quebec were called, in Nouvelle-France, were called les Canadiens. It meant, uh, it meant uh, settler of, of New France. Of that. So What's the etymology, Kennedy? uh canada it was uh it's canada it's like a word that means uh it's a native word that means basically the area that we're in something like that right, i so can't remember native it is a native word so those who were in the area of canada became les canadiens in in parlance in in french okay so um we call them the canadian martyrs but technically they're french <laughs> um anyway so they are technically and we call the, them the north american martyrs yes well, that's probably a way of saying it too. But they are les martyrs canadiens uh, in the traditional sense. So they were called Canadians before Canada was a country, because um, Canada was was uh, British North America, and it was Upper Canada, which was Ontario, and Lower Canada, which was Quebec. But anyway, Plains of Abraham and all that kind of stuff, uh, battles. Charles Coulomb would be able to tell you about all this, but better than I can. But um, the Canadian martyrs, the, the North American martyrs, 
when you know it's my son actually just went to the martyrs camp canadian martyrs camp and they just it was amazing it's just the best thing ever and, and our priest he gave a sermon uh on the final day just talking about um the deep charity the true love this is what's so sad about this is this glorious history is just completely covered over saint isaac joke saint john de brebeuf you know they loved the native people so much i mean why would you get on a boat in like 16 whatever where you got a 50% clip you're going to die from scurvy to go to a land where you don't know if you can winter it and you don't know the language and you don't know which tribe you're going to reach if they're hostile or not it was it was it was russian roulette they'd find some iroquois iroquois cut their head off they were like the aztecs well and they, let's also remember they these priests who were jesuits they had their parish life back in europe Yes. And their pretty churches with their pretty rectories and their stipends and all that going on. Yep. And they went out into the wild, wild west. Not only wild west, it was frozen tundra. Like they, uh, they, you know, even even beyond just the the actual priests, but when Samuel de Champlain and Jacques Cartier, these original explorers, like right when they arrived, already the native groups like we're trying to cherry pick them like. We need you and your guns on our side because this Iroquois tribe is trying to kill us and take our women. Like there was, it was like in Mexico. Like I'm a big fan of Cortez. I think he was a hero. Um, but compared to Montezuma, like he was Saint Cortez the Great, <laughs> like compared to what was going on there. But there's a reason why they won that battle is because all the neighboring tribes, tens of thousands of them, joined the the meager army of Spanish against the Aztecs because they were treated so badly. Canada was the same thing, just with far less. In Texas, people. we had the Comanches, which were just wicked. You know, any other Indian tribe, native native tribes are like, hey, we need to work with anyone we can to overcome yep. these. Yep. And like, you know, some of uh, I, I always get them mixed up, Brebo for Jogue, but whichever one had his uh, like they bit his bit or cut. I believe they bit. If I'm not, if I, I hope thought I'm it was wrong. bit. Isaac Jogues. Yeah, I think it's bit. It's actually in this book, Terror of Demons. You can also buy this at uh, Amazon from Tan. Um, I write about the martyrs in there. And um they bit his thumbs off so he couldn't celebrate mass. Right. He had to get a dispensation from Urban the Eighth. Might have been Urban the Eighth. Um, so he would have said mass with like they, they did the index finger and they did the thumb. So they basically had to say mass with like the middle finger and somehow anyway he did it because um, in, in canonically if a priest loses those sacred digits, yes. these are called the sacred digits, thumb and finger. You cannot say mass. Yeah. Nowadays, people are like, well, you just use other fingers. No big deal. No, like in the in the deal. ancient church, yeah. when we had our stuff together, the church was serious. If a person does, if a man doesn't have these two fingers, he may drop the host or chalice. We can't have That's that. Right. You can't say, pre say mass. And as I understand it, the Pope said that because he had basically already shed his blood for the faith by having his fingers not off, yeah. he was quasi martyr, that he granted yes. him the dispensation Mm -hmm. to continue to say mass it basically the comment was something like uh, because you've spilled the blood of martyrs you deserve to drink the blood of christ or something like that yes. um <clears throat> i'm paraphrasing but so but he came back from france so he got his fingers bit off <laughs> survived scurvy again goes back to france and when he healed up he's like i need to go back to nouvelle france i need to go back to the new world and he said if there was one native man in the entire wilderness of Canada, I will go for that one man. Like we should do all of this just for one soul. This is how much the Catholic church loved the people 
of Canada. And it just breaks my heart that um, these bastards like Justin Trudeau, who is an apostate for all intents and purposes, you know, they they just they stomp on the history of our beautiful tradition here in Canada. And um, I'm worried that Pope Francis's visit is going to do more harm than good because, you know, if my my district superior, Father Sherry, he uh I was talking to him on the weekend and he said, you know, it'd be wonderful if Pope Francis said, yes, there was some evil things done. Here's the solution. It's Jesus Christ. <laughs> let's just, let's just be Christian again. That would fix everything, which is true. Um, but instead I, I fear it's going to be this bending the knee to leftism and leftists are not reasonable. They're not going to say, Hey, you know, we were really angry all the time about things that never happened like mass graves. So, but because you said, sorry, we're just going to all of a sudden believe in facts and be reasonable and just say, Hakuna Matata, no big deal. Let's just move on. Instead, it's going to be, did you see your Pope? He admitted that your church is full of pedophiles. Yeah. Why would anyone be Catholic? I personally think it's going to make things worse. I, I went on Twitter and there is a, I think it was a CNN post that said Pope apologizes for, I can't remember exactly what it it said there but church's role or something yeah like that. and yeah church's role and whatever so then i just was like i'm curious about this because mm -hmm. i want to see what not my catholic friends are saying but what the world is saying so i clicked on it and started reading the tweets below it and it it's was garbage. like these bad i mean you can't even repeat the these bastards this bastard pope mm -hmm. this is not enough an apology yes. is not enough we need reparations money yeah. just and it was just i mean it was like 90 something percent outrage and i was thinking to myself this they will not be appeased by anything he could sell everything in the vatican museum and the archives he could liquidate every ounce of gold in every catholic church in the world and give it to them they would not be satisfied yeah it is nope. about total elimination of catholicism and the pro-life yeah. movement from the planet earth period leftism is diabolical ultimately yep. and di diabolism is cannibalistic this is why this is why in the in the in the twilight of of pagan cultures they descend into cannibalism yes because there's nothing left to do after that um did you, anyway did you see the new york times article this past week yes on cannibalism life site yeah yeah should we be preparing ourselves for <laughs> ethical cannibalism like this is where the culture is gone it is, you know, everyone uh, first, uh, the best coverage you'll find, I make, I got to plug my employer. You got to go to LifeSite News because all the stories that were CNN, New, like our mission at LifeSite, everything that's on CNN, New York Times, whatever, that gets out there into the culture, we take that and then we pick it apart and we tell the truth, right? That's kind of, that's how we do things, right? Have y'all done um, on the cannibalism? We did one on that. Yep. Yep. New York Times, you know, yep. all this, I think the article was called something like, you know, New York cultural elites reach a new time, new low or something like that. Um, but uh, Chesterton talks about this in Everlasting Man. You know, he talks about uh, that was what what did Car Carthage in. Yes. One of the reasons why they couldn't beat Rome was because Rome was in its ascendancy and it was still in what he called the warm paganism, you know, the sort of the gods of the forest and the and the, the wooden gods of the household that they'd sing hymns and have merriment right. versus Carthage was in the the late stages. Like he, he used the term like a child in the late afternoon when he's bored, 
he starts torturing the cat that he was playing with. Right. You know, that's what paganism ends up doing. Yeah, in the because they start doing, they start worshiping Moloch in North Africa. Yes, that's right. Child sacrifice and make the children pass through flames, aka kill them. Mm -hmm. Cannibalism. Yeah. And that's what Christ defeated. That's what Christ was referring to at um, Caesarea Philippi. That was the the, the temple of mm -hmm. Pan. It was it was uh, right. you know basically the basically the chasm into Hades. And that's you know Saint Peter is not just going to be the head of the church. There's so much significance there. He's not just head of the church. He's like he's like the emperor over the demonic. Like he he's he's the ruler over spiritual forces and crushes the the diabolical paganism of the old world. Yeah. Anyway, and there was a shrine there of Caesar. That's right. I mean, there's all these overlapping signs and significations that Christ is making in Matthew 16. And Pope Francis should be doing that here. Should be. He should be saying, I'm the Pope. Uh, anything that happened was because these priests are, if they didn't repent, they're burning in hell and we should rejoice in God's justice. Yep. Um, by the way, we're, you know, I'm sorry that the church has failed you and has stopped evangelizing, but if you'd like to save your soul, let's go to confession. Yeah. Or bapt baptism. Or baptism, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Canadians who aren't baptized. <clears throat> yep. Let's let's get this going. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like last week when the Pope said uh, we need to eat less meat, and then you're waiting for it. You're waiting for it, and to save the planet. By the way, read my encyclical Laudato Si. It's a great moment to say, for over two thousand years, we the have church, been abstaining yes. from meat on Fridays as a and in Lent as a mini. Good Friday to unite ourselves with the passion, crucifixion, and death of Christ on Good Friday. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. No, complete fumble. Did not mention it. And what bothers me, and we can let's circle back here to Francis, is it almost sounds like when he's talking about don't eat meat, like just three weeks before that, Bill Gates was saying that. Yeah. So it, it's it's almost like he's Johnny come lately on every hot button globalist, communist, leftist point. Is he yeah. is he copycatting? Is he being told what to do by his shadow church superiors? I mean, what is going on here where he's doing what you would expect a Roman Catholic pope to do? He's either not doing it or doing the opposite. It's like uh it's 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 classic Novus Ordo world. It's uh, we're gonna have music that's hip. So in 1970, we're gonna start making hymns that were popular style in 1960. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like eating bugs is so passe. We've moved beyond that to straight uh, beyond meat now. You know. And then cannibalism. Yeah, I mean, get, get with the, get with the program, guys. I mean, we're we're wait we're, we're the, cannibal, cannibalism is woke now. That's what you have to do. Right. You know, it's funny. Just one that last thing about the eating thing. Uh, I don't know. I think telling people not to eat meat is very anti-native Canadian because uh, massive hunting culture and and uh, the Inuits they literally only eat seal and fish That's like it. all year. Carnivore and they Carnivore don't have cholesterol diet. problems, which is crazy. I know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up here. Uh, many people are coming in a little bit later here. The smudging ceremony is to be held this afternoon hour. at mass. Mm -hmm. And smudging is a – Wiccans do it. Pagans mm -hmm. do it. It mm -hmm. is a non-Christian activity of offering yep. incense to purify things. I think of as a Catholic, if you want to purify something, you either – you get a blessing on it, which usually has a holy water sprinkling, mm -hmm. right? Or 
high mass begins with the Asperges May, yeah. where the the first the priest sprinkles holy water on the altar like Moses yeah. did, and then he goes and sprinkles all the people like yeah. Moses did, and then he goes back to the altar and he celebrates mass. That purifies the altar and the people to offer sacrifice to God. Yep, smudging does not do that. Smudging is not that practice which comes from which we see in the Old Testament and is preserved in the Eastern and in the Western liturgies. There's also no ritual prayer for it. Again, even if there was a way to bless it, the, the prayer just does not exist. It is not a Catholic ritual. Right. right. So there, that's it. You know, Kennedy, when I was a Protestant, uh, you know, I was an Episcopalian priest, scare quotes, clergy. When I was in um, Anglican Seminary, Episcopal Seminary, uh, John Paul II died. Yep. We weren't Catholic. We had very, my wife and I had basically zero exposure to Catholicism. We didn't grow up with anyone in our family that was a practicing Catholic. But in our, our um, I guess you could say charity or condolences, we said, why don't we go to the Catholic Mass this Sunday mm -hmm. and just to sort of show our, I don't think we knew the word yet, solidarity with the Catholics whose Pope just died. Yeah. So we went to a Catholic Mass, and I remember the uh, a lot of people were wearing, uh, this was in uh, Wisconsin, and they were wearing Green Bay Packer um, jerseys at Mass. I thought that was very strange to wear jerseys at Mass. But the priest, the Catholic priest, at, at, at the beginning of Mass, it was kind of like a quasi-aspergist, he got this beer pitcher, yeah, and was there was a font that jacuzzi font inside the church which was kind of round and he was getting it and pouring it out and he kept on saying all water on earth is holy water all That's water right. was made by god all water is holy water and i remember thinking i was not a catholic i was like this doesn't sound legit right yeah and then also when they read the epistle or the second reading it was by it was either first or second peter and he told everyone now Peter didn't really write this. I of was course. like, wow. And then at the consecration, he had people come up around the altar. Right? Yep. So this was a totally insane Novus Ordo thing that we stumbled upon not knowing what was going on. Uh, maybe that delayed our conversion down the road. I don't know. But Can't imagine why. Yeah. But going back, just the whole idea, he's, he's pouring all water is holy. God made water. All water is holy. So... The way that guy thinks in his theology, that yeah. Novus Ordo priest, he's thinking, well, God made sage and he made prairie grasses. And so those are all holy. So if a Native American burns them, he's doing something holy. Like that's the theology going on there. And as Catholics, we don't believe that. No, you can't have a superstitious belief about an inanimate object right. having spiritual powers. It's the same like... You know, you got those crystals. Okay, they're pretty. If you want to have like one of those lights that has crystals in them, like women like those things. But then right. if you start saying, hey, put this in your room because it's going to like change the aura in your room with the spiritual energy out of the rock. It's like, no, nah, that's new age. That's can't paganism. Do it. You can't, can't do, do it. it. You no. can't do it. But if you have, um, let's say, a artifact from a sacred site, mm -hmm. right? You can that can remind you or be a sacramental, I guess. Yeah. Um, we have a, um, a piece from a cave of St. Mike where St. Michael appeared 
yeah. than a little reliquary. Right? I mean, we don't worship, and I would never even think that that would purify a room. But it's also biblical. That's the, the thing is, too, yeah. is like, we, I get it. We're religious, so it's not like right. all of, it's some of this is from Revelation. Of course, part of it is just the fact that it's in the Bible. But, you know, people touch Christ's cloak. Okay, it's 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 in their heel. It's like this is – so, again, you know, all benefit of the doubt. Uh, I saw a picture. It's a famous image of a, a native chief receiving Holy Communion kneeling while wearing his traditional native dress. And this is way pre-Vatican II. This is like from 100 years ago. Okay. You could make the argument that like – there was like that was his kingly attire, right? It'd be like the uh, the Holy Roman Emperor wearing his robes at Holy Communion. Yeah, and and even in Africa, like men have different formal wear, and you can you can right. you know what it is when you see it. So of course, it's not as if if there are feathers in a Catholic church, this is somehow wrong. That's not the point. The point is is the superstitious belief about an inan inanimate object having a spiritual effect when we know what the actual reality of that is. Absolutely. And it's it's not just that it's misguided, like, oh, they chose an inanimate object to do this. That ritual itself is associated with paganism. Yep, and it demonic is. And worship. So it, it's not just like, oh, it's a neutral problem. It's actually a negative problem. And it, there's a reason why wicked witches and wickeds, they don't use rosaries. They don't light... They don't they don't sprinkle holy water around the house, but they do smudge and they do mm. yoga and things because they know what it is. Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully everyone's praying and it doesn't happen. It does happen. Now you know what it is. You know what smudging is. And uh, what's sad is, is now this is going to be enshrined because people, Jesuits are going to say, well, this is what the Pope does now. This is what we all should be doing. So yep. if you're going to the Novus Ordo and you're trying to enculturate these native traditions, they're going to say, well, this is now what we do as Catholics. And I, in my conscience, would not be able to sit through that. With I remember. My, especially yep. my kids. I'd be like, we're out of here. Just a couple, four years ago or something, four or five years ago on the school board that I was teaching in, uh, they were trying to do smudging in the school board. And the chaplain and chaplaincy lead she wasn't a, a priest just a lady who had like the job she's a good she's a good friend of mine good catholic um and then the priest who was the de facto chaplain of the schools they actually fought against it so it wouldn't happen in the school because like but now pope does it yeah yeah it's all pope does it what are you gonna say yeah it's just like with the certain medical treatments that have been experimenting for the last there two years go. Well, people wanted a religious exemption and said, well, your Pope said that you have a moral obligation to do it. So nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's an act of love. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Well, Kennedy Hall there in Canada giving us the update. He's the author of Lockdown with the Devil. You want to tell people what it's about? Sure, yeah. So I wrote, it's uh, styled after the Screwtape Letters or uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's an epistle novel written with letters. Um, and it's about how the demons tempted families during the lockdown. And um, it's had great reviews. I had originally titled it Family Be Damned. Um, I thought the lockdown would be a passing fad. Well, joke's on me about 30 months later. And we're still have, I still can't, you know, there's still, I still can't leave my country easily. Uh, so here we are. Um, I have, I've been told by people that it's it's very edifying to make sense of a lot of the challenges they went through, and it is a hopeful ending, and I, I'm very proud of it. I also wrote um, Terror of Demons, Reclaiming Traditional Catholic Masculinity, 
uh, debuted on Mike or on Taylor Marshall's show in 2020. Yep. Good book and on Joseph. Thank you. Yeah. Tan, Tan Books uh, picked it up now. You beautiful cover on it. Yeah, the new cover is legit. I like it. And so you can find that. Um, and the Kennedy Report is my YouTube channel. So if you uh, if you don't get enough Taylor Marshall, you can go over and get some other Catholic content over there. Yes, please do. Everybody check it out. You got to spread the love. All right. Uh, you want to pray a Hail Mary in Latin with me? Sure. You want us to get the second half? Sure. All right. Oremos. Everybody, let's pray together uh, for the papacy and for our church and for renewal missionary efforts. Oremos. Nomini Patris et Fidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen. I always love it when you pray the Latin because it sounds Italian. There you go. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds legit. What do you think of French uh, pronunciation of Latin? Uh, my my priest, one of, one of my priests is Swiss French, and it sounds quite nice. His, you like uh, it? Yeah. Yeah, he from he went to Acon. He's got the he's he's old school. Yeah, I mean it it has a certain beauty and flair to it, but to me it's a little bit harder to understand. It is. And I speak French, so for yeah. me, yeah. So easy, probably but... you can connect the dots. Yeah. Uh, my French is poor and barely existent. So for me to, <laughs> I, I noticed different. No, the, the the most interesting Latin I've ever heard is uh, Portuguese Latin. Yeah, I've heard it a couple times. Yeah, a Portuguese speaker doing the Latin, and you uh, hear Boston Boston Irish Latin. I've heard it. There's that yeah. famous clip. Have you heard the famous clip? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's okay. That's the worst Latin. That's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Make sure you like the video and share it and subscribe to this channel, Taylor Marshall Podcast, and also the Kennedy Report. And uh, make sure you're praying your rosary every single day. You know, we team. talked about how the uh, the natives in Canada and their conversion so devoted to the rosary. Uh, let's all be devoted to the rosary. It's the Bible on beads. Pray the rosary every day or you're not on the team. Special thanks to all the uh, Patreon patrons who support. If you want to support this channel, go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. And until next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. Kennedy, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.